Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers and Mischief. Hello and welcome to the Business of Beverages. I'm your host, Will Keating, and I'm joined by my usual and regular and fantastic co-host, Mr. Podrick Foxy Fox. Good evening, Will. How are you? Great to have you back on board. I'm delighted to be back as both uh, a foe, adversary and friend for our little quiz. (laughs) (laughs) I can think of many words beginning with F that I might describe you as. Not usually one of those. No, I I can think of one as well that you have called me on occasion, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll skip past that one. So what's been happening for you? Uh, not much. Uh, just been uh, enjoying one or two beers as we edge out of January and back onto bar stools. Yes, uh, I have. I have been back in the pub, but bizarrely didn't sit at the bar. It was packed. I couldn't get to the bar because there were so many people at the bar. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Although I did see somebody say during the week that uh, maybe we should have kept some of the restrictions uh, to keep ninety percent of the people who annoy us in pubs out. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. What have you been up to? Well, actually, uh, I watched a bit of TV this week. I saw a little documentary on BBC about a certain brewer, a certain Scottish brewer called Brewdog. I know you may or may not have heard that there was an episode about Brewdog. I'd say an expose might be a, a better description. Duh. It was pretty interesting, to be to be fair. A lot of the ground that they covered was probably well known by people in the industry. So Brewdog, as I'm sure almost everybody listening knows, is a startup brewery uh, from Scotland, uh, founded by two guys in 2007, and has had absolutely explosive growth, all based on pretty much what they would describe themselves as a punk attitude. So their marketing has been based all around creating controversy, exploiting that controversy, uh, and also creating some fabulous beers along the way. Some duds, but you know, many, many fabulous beers. Punk IPA being their, their best known, probably accounts for about 85% of their sales. But the issues that have accompanied them have kind of built and built and built to the point where many people in the industry are really very wary of them and their sort of anti-corporate stance, which is fueled by a lot of stunts. But actually, if you look closer... Their finances are, you know, questionable at best in terms of how they differentiate versus big corporates. Oh, where can people find out more, Will? Well, it's funny you should say that. We did, of course, cover this in episode 12, earlier in our podcast series, with Dave Infante, who is a fabulous beer journalist from the States. And we covered the the finances in a lot of detail. We don't go into any of the revelations from um, from the documentary because we didn't know about it. We didn't know about the allegations of sexual impropriety against the founder. We didn't know about his alleged purchase of half a million euros worth of uh, Heineken shares, you know, when he absolutely derides Heineken on a regular basis as, as macro beer at its worst. So we don't cover that stuff. We don't mind the bollocks. We cover the real story. We follow the money. So if you haven't, we highly recommend listening to episode 12, What the Fuck Brewdog. It's an excellent dissection of the real rot at the heart of that brewery oh uh right well speaking of real rot i am ready to get my ass handed to myself again in our quiz (laughs) all right well uh for five points so it's a brand and this brand was founded in 1849 by a confectioner and his brother hmm hmm Wonka Brothers beer doesn't ring a bell, so it's uh, <laughs> um, Brothers, eighteen forty nine. Not ringing a bell. Um, I'm just going to go for some mid century beer because I'm in the mood for beer. Uh, Murphy's. 
it is not Murphy's, though I do like the idea of Murphy's being started by a confectioner. <laughs> well, it is sweet. Uh, all right, well, for four, for four points, uh, it currently produces 13 million bottles per year, of which 90% are exported to over 150 countries. Those are big numbers, uh, but the production and recipe is a very closely guarded secret. You can do a tour of the production facility, but no photography is allowed in huge chunks of it. Okay, you're going to have to break that down for me a little bit. So it's bottles, specifically. It's bottles, specifically. 13 million of them. 13 million bottles. Yep. 90% exported. 13 million is very big, but it's not enormous. It's not like, you know, would be a fraction of something like Jemison. Um, so, hmm. 13 million bottles, 90% for export. So, brothers. Um, stab in the dark. I'm going to go for Martini. That's a really great guess. It's not Martini, but you're, you're thinking along the right kind of lines now. Okay. All okay. right. So, I can see the enthusiasm coming back into you here. for 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 three points the iba which as we both know is the international bartender association use it in two of their cocktail recipes the margarita and the cosmopolitan so so there's lots of like bartender bibles that you can you know you look at recipes yeah the the international bartenders association in their cocktail guide those are the two cocktails that use this brand are the margarita and the cosmopolitan. The, the common ingredient of which is triple sec or an orange-based liqueur, oh, the most famous of which is Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier. It is not Grand Marnier. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, You're so close. You're so close. So for for two points, this uh, (laughs) the the company merged with Remy Martin in 1990 to create a new company that includes this brand's name. Oh, Quantro. It is Quantro. Oh, you idiot. You absolute (laughs) idiot. How How did I go for Grand Marnier over Quantro? Oh, Grammarnia comes to me first. Um, but when I think about it, Cointreau is, is probably the better known. When, um, when you said orange flavored liqueur, I was like, this is it. He has it. He's got it. Because, because my, my, uh, I, I really wanted to use like my, my 1.1, which is, uh, I'm very proud of this pun. I had like for controversially, in spite of the orange <laughs> bottle and flavor, the liquid is colorless. <laughs> Oh, very good. Um, very good. Oh, yeah, yeah. So basically, I don't know what happened, but um, yeah, I have more Grand Marnier than, than Cointreau in my, in my <laughs> life. So that's, that's where that came from. Uh, well done. Good, good clues. Oh, disappointed with myself. <laughs> I've never seen you look so anguished. Oh, yeah, I just like, I was so sure I had it right. And then like, it was, as soon as you said no, I was like, Oh, I've totally misjudged this. <laughs> okay. 
Right. Well, let's see how you do. Okay. So for five points, founded in 1896, this drinks company is most synonymous with one particular style of beverage, but produces many varieties. In 1896. Oh, I, I'm going to go for some sort of spirits company. Uh, so it's probably famous for one, but produces loads and loads and loads. Um, I know we've, I know. I guess this for five points every single time, and it's always wrong. Is it Campari? No, it is not Campari. <laughs> okay. Um, at least you didn't say Geneva. It's never Geneva. <laughs> for four points, uh, the most famous style of beverage... So the one that this company is most associated with, that style of beverage is named after a key utility required for production. I've got your attention now. You have. You have. Uh, okay, what is... Hang on. Utility as in a piece of equipment. Utility. Ah, yes. Good old electric if I say, gin. If I say too much, I'll give it away. <laughs> but you utility. have picked out the key word. The key word in that sentence is utility. Utility. Uh, well, it's got to be the gas, electricity, or water would be three fairly active utilities in the production of beverages, I would have thought. Um, mm. Mm. Uh, oh, God, this is horrific. Um, water, water, something. Soda water. No, we'll come back to your listing of utilities. There, there are more than those three utilities. Uh, and if you worked in a brewery, you'd probably be more familiar. If you, I do work in a brewery. Well, that's, that's the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> For three points, the most celebrated owner of this business saved it from bankruptcy in 1965 using money his family made selling washing machines and blue cheese. I have no idea what this is, but this is a, a fascinating history. Isn't that a factoid and a half, isn't it? That, that is amazing. Uh, blue, blue cheese. It, uh, it's got to be a French company, I'm going to guess, uh, that diversified into numerous different things. God, this is hard I have no idea this is incredibly difficult it, it is and I, I do understand it, but I thought you might get it on that clue because very few owners are generally celebrated and this particular guy is and I thought you might know because I was I was giving you a home game here really this is a this is a beer is, is it Hogarden? no Oh. It isn't. There's similarities between between the Hogarth story and this story. Okay, so it's possibly a, a style that was about to die out and was brought back to life, is now where I'm thinking. I think you'll get it on this next clue. So for two points, the revival of this brewery and its distinctive beer was a key turning point in the history of U.S. brewing and inspired the U.S. craft beer revival. Anchor Steam. Yes. Fritz Maytag. Yeah, there Fritz we go. Maytag. <laughs> <laughs> and for one point, San Francisco is the home port for this beer so yeah yeah memorably discussed on our episode with uh, Kodo Design 
Yes, Isaac used their uh, rebranding as an example, I guess, of what not to do. Um, I think it was a great breakdown. So if anybody hasn't listened to that episode, just before Christmas, we talked to Isaac Arthur from Kodo Design about beer design uh, branding and trends. And I have to say, we got into some great detail, but the discussion around Anchor Steam and their rebrand was enlightening, to say the least. Yes. Yeah. We, we did not mention that Steam was a utility that was hugely important in its production. Uh, but essentially, yeah, steam was traditionally used to heat the fermentation vessels or to, to lag them to allow the beer to ferment at a higher temperature. So you were fermenting lager yeast at an ale temperature to produce a highly carbonated, quite distinctive um, style of lager. There you go. Well, I have to say, that was quite a decent battle this evening. Yeah, two all draw, well played, I have to say. Thoroughly enjoyed that. So in the meantime... For anybody who'd like to listen back to any of those episodes, we talked about episode 12 with BrewDog. We talked about episode 21 with our friends in Kodo Design, Isaac Arthur in particular. Well, if you're going to listen back to them, give us a little rating there as well. It does help on iTunes. Right, guys. Thank you very much. See you next week. Till the next time. Thank you for listening to The Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at bizbevpod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash bizbevpod. Yeah, I think what, what happened to me there was that at a point in time, Diageo acquired the rights to distribute or to sell uh, Grand Marnier in Ireland. And promptly, somebody sent us a, a pallet load of Grand Marnier, which sat in the front yard and nobody did anything with for a year or two. And then eventually the agreement ran out and then the bottles were given away. I, if you're passing for lunch, you know, Sandra... Uh, would would pass you a bottle uh it just it could nobody could get rid of it so i think i still have grand marnier in my house from that time <laughs> that must have been before my time because i definitely didn't get a free bottle